Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, normally what happens, Sean, when you and I get together and combine forces, you get a lower league Megazord. Surely the worst Megazord that Zordon and that sort of effeminate robot Alpha 5 ever created. But that is the price you pay when you support two of the worst teams in the country. This is a Megazord that we get its head kicked in by a single putty patroller. But I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to extend this Power Rangers metaphor any further. We've kind of ran that into the ground. But let's, let's talk about Scottish League 1 and Scottish League 2. Now, this is a, I suppose this show is an end-of-season review of sorts, but instead talking very briefly about the 20 teams across the two divisions, we're going to take a deep dive into the winners and losers from the aborted 2019-2020 campaign. So which sides emerge with something to shout about and which teams are more embarrassing than Brendan O'Neill's forehead? Sean, we'll start with yourself. You're going to take a look at League One. Who is the first winner you want to look at? Uh, I, I think the most obvious one is Wraith Rovers, the pandemic, the pandemic beneficiaries. <laughs> worthy champion. Uh, were they worthy champions? What, what do you think? Do you, do you think they were worthy champions? I think if you're, if you're going to abort the league, that's, if you're going to abort the league and, and have it, they, they were the best team. They, they were the... They beat the, the teams around them. They, they, they beat Falkirk uh, two or three times that you played them. No, no, that was, that was three draws. Three draws. Falkirk yeah, was three draws. Sorry, you, Wraith Rovers were better, certainly, against like, your teams like East Fife, Airdrieonians. Yes. Uh, the, the far the, better record. The, 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 sort of the, the upper mid-card teams in that division. And granted that they struggled a little bit against the sides for, for the down food chain. I'm sure if you're talking on a points-per-game basis... Uh, Wraith Rovers were, were the better side just about it's not clear cut and I can understand why Falkirk and Falkirk supporters were aggrieved by the outcome of the, 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 the league ending but I do think on the whole Wraith Rovers were the better side I, I, I think they would have gained promotion so that I mean I'd, I'd pretty much been saying all season Wraith Rovers won't win the league Wraith Rovers won't win the league but I was of the opinion looking at that side and the way that John McGlynn had them playing that they would probably again promotion through the, the playoffs which is unheard of as a, mm. as a playoff record that's absolutely uh, abysmal but looking at the side that he'd, he'd kind of cobbled together and the way that they were playing I actually had a lot of confidence in them even though because you think back so I, I think quite near the start of the second series of the show and we, we were talking about Wraith and they'd I think they'd just signed Stephen Anderson mm. uh, uh, Reagan Henry they had in the middle of the park Lewis Vaughan was just about to come back for injury and I think I, I said at that point that that spine of the team uh, and what was round about them if they could keep that spine fit so Anderson, Henry and Vaughan then actually they, they probably would challenge Falkirk and arguably had as good a starting 11 as Falkirk if, if, but not as good a squad as Falkirk mm-hmm. within weeks of me saying that Stephen Anderson picked up an injury that kept him out for the entire season uh, Lewis Vaughan came back and then picked up an injury that kept him out for the entire season and Reagan Henry picked up an injury that kept him out for maybe four or five weeks but despite that they they never really went through a, 
a bad patch. Mm-hmm. They would maybe have a, a, a couple of draws. They would have the occasional defeat, but at no point did, did they go through a, a kind of poor run of form. They were generally consistent, not always putting together seven or eight wins, which they, which they even did under, under Barry Smith, but they, they, they never ever looked like a team that, uh, that would slip down, down, down the table. And bear in mind, this is a, this is a decent league one, you know, I, th- I think it's an unusually, uh, an, an unusually high standard of League One. I, I think for a part-time team, I think East Fife are good. Mm-hmm. I think Montrose are good. I think Airdrie, who, who we'll speak about later, have put together a, a good hybrid team. And as much as Falkirk would be a team that have, have very much punched below their weight, to, to come out on top in a, a, a League One that's reasonably high on quality as, says a lot about that Wraith Rovers team and, and says a lot about uh, John McGlynn as well and we, we spoke a few times about how John McGlynn has, has come back uh, a completely different manager in terms of the style of football that he wants to play yeah. and I, I don't know if you, you, I'm presuming you never, you never saw it but, but John Baird so, so John Baird is now he's heading back to Australia and well, he, he, had a, he had an interview with Wraith TV yeah. last week mm. and he said it was actually when he was the forfer assistant manager, so the season bef- before last, and he was doing the team, to- the team talk beforehand, and he was talking about the style of play Rovers would have under John McGlynn. It would be very direct, getting the balls forward. Yeah. The forwards would be chasing down the fullbacks and, and so on and so forth. And in the first half, they played out for the back, and the centre half was splitting, and Reagan Henry was picking the ball and, and just picking out passes, and they got overran. And at half time, John Baird had to come in and say, Boys, and I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I, I didn't expect that at all. Well, there you go. There's a uh, John Baird went out to play without doing his homework, obviously. Then, <laughs> but it says a lot about him in terms of, and, and again, Baird mentioned this that he McGlynn is probably considered by most or, or a lot of people as being a bit of a dinosaur. Yeah, but he's he's very much evolved as, as a manager over the years, and and when he came back, I don't know if I was. I, I, I knew he would improve us, but my concern was we'd potentially go back to the style of play, which if it works, you can put up with. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, no, if, if, you're, if you're watching a poor standard of football and you're not winning games, it, it, it's not good. Mm-hmm. But his style of play is, is completely different now. And, uh, and, and credit to him and credit to the players he, he brought back. You know, guys like McGurn has now yeah. got a winner's medal. Grant Anderson got a winner's medal. John Baird got a winner's medal. Uh, and and kind of interspersed interpersed with uh, kind of young players as well so Kieran Bowie came through and yep. has been excellent got that move to Fulham Dylan Tate looks like he's, he's going to be a, a player as well in, in terms of midfield and for the first time since uh, for the first time since Ray McKinnon was there I think the fans have I think the fans have kind of taken that team to its heart and I know it's easy I know it's easy to say that when, when they're top of the league and it might have been different if they'd ended up in the playoffs and, and not got promoted but there's a link between the, the fans and the, and the players that, that hasn't been there for a, a, a very long time. That's, that's quite interesting you're saying that, Sean. That was something I was going to uh, mention was when you talk about the, the, the guys that returned to the club, John McGlynn had, had done re- pretty well during his, his, his first time at, um, at, at Ray Throwers. Then the, the players returning, John Baird, obviously a hero for scoring that goal. A good player for, for, for Ray Throwers, but a hero for scoring that goal against Rangers in the Challenge Cup. Grant Anderson, nice guy, very well thought of. David McGurn, a hero as well at Ray Throwers. You, know, you don't get a nickname the witch for nothing. It seemed, it seemed a wee bit like because of how 
poorly Wraith Rovers had done in recent years, like the relegation under Gary Locke and John Hughes, the failure to get out of the division under Barry Smith. Wraith Rovers had been the worst full-time team in the country. They had become a bit of a laughing stock. And I, from the outside looking in, it felt as though those moves were, like as you said, the word cheerleaders, you bring in popular players and that can... If, you, if there's players that you like that aren't doing well as a supporter, you can, you, I think in your head, you automatically mitigate against it. Whereas if like John Baird misses a chance, you're like, oh, you know, oh, the, the wind was, was behind him or something like that. Whereas if it was something <laughs> like, I don't know, say for instance, um, try to think of who would be a really unpopular Wraith Rover striker. Uh, a really unpopular Wraith Rover striker. Uh, Lewis Allen. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Lewis Allen, for instance, that shanked over the bar, people would be going tonto. But it's good to see, you know, it's, it's good to see that, that Wraith Rovers finally have sort of kind of put that behind them and are able to kick forward with a, with a young bunch of players, guys that can maybe kick on in their careers and move further up the food chain and doing it in a way that has got style and panache. How do you think that Wraith Rovers will adapt to the championship? Because... Certainly based on, on the season previous in 1920, not a lot of quality there. Uh, I think they... I also don't know if there's that much quality in some of the teams ab- above them in, in the Championship as well. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think that if you're going to go into the Championship, I think you've got a great time. This is a, a great opportunity to go in there, galvanise and, and maybe, maybe even go one step further and look to get into the top four. And I, I mean... The thing about that, like obviously this particular time is, in terms of squad building, how is that going to work in this current environment? And in terms of putting a, a squad together and building a team, uh, and I don't know if I would if I would want anybody else in charge other than McGlynn. And in terms of trusting a manager to to put together a team in what is uh, an extremely unusual time, and I would trust McGlynn to to be able to do that. I think in terms of the, the teams that they'll be facing off against. Uh, as much as Aloha, I mean, we regard Aloha as doing very well when they just keep their noses out of the relegation zone. Kuna South look like they might be in a, 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 a bit of a, a, a kind of troubled time. Uh, Morton didn't overly impress me no. uh, last season. I'd, I'd, I still wouldn't necessarily expect them to, to, to push for a top four place. But what I would say is, I, I think for the first time in a while, there's a, a bit of forward momentum about Wraith Rovers and it, it's not just about what, what happens in the park. I think in terms of the the links that they've established in terms of the community is probably stronger than it's ever been. I think and and I know this I know there's a lot of things that, that doesn't sound particularly important, but it all kinds of adds up. It all kind of adds up. I, I think John McGlynn's post game stuff is generally pretty good and worth listening to. certainly in terms of other managers that we've had recently. I think in terms of what they do with our social media is pretty yeah, good. Very good. That's something I was going to say, Sean. I think that because there's no football on just now, you're kind of judging clubs by different metrics. And that's something I've been very impressed with by uh, what Wraith Rovers doing, the Q&As with, with, with former yeah. players. I'm not a supporter, obviously, but I do find them interesting and I do find them quite enlightening. They seem to be the complete opposite of Murdo McLeod's Q&A that he did <laughs> with Dumbarton. But they, they genuinely seem to cast um, cast the club in a good light. And I think that, that really does, at, the, at this stage when we've gone three months with no football, that really does have a galvanising effect. And people, you, you, you use that nostalgia to, to make people long for it. So when it does come back, 
everyone will be absolutely raring to go. And I think there's a lot of good feeling about Wraith Rovers at the moment. Sports Social Podcast Network.